Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. This is Matt Derrick with me today. We're going to talk about where this team is after a big win and how they get ready for the next one that they need. And who's driving this bus? Who's providing the fire? I think that's an interesting one. We thank you guys for being with us today. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. The editor and publisher and uh, insider extraordinaire, Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well, Ryan. I, I like the fact that you asked who's driving the bus after the Raiders game. That was I, very well played. Thank you. Thank. You. I try to be subtle. I try to be subtle. Read it. <laughs> Whoever's driving the bus, folks. not a smart Alec, but not a, not a smart Alec bus driver this year. <laughs> no, evidently not. Um, and and it's funny because I thought it was very subtly addressed. Um, I think Mahomes slid something in there in his post game presser. I know Chris Jones said something on NBC. Like this was not forgotten for this team, right? The the lap around Arrowhead was something that was back in their minds this week very much, wasn't it? Um, yeah, they remembered it. Uh, that was definitely some some bulletin board material, which is why I do say, I mean, if you're you're the Chiefs, you probably got to be a little careful about the bulletin board material that you just gave the Raiders, because I am sure that the Raiders players will be reminded, you know, who was throwing the football on you guys in the fourth quarter when the game wasn't in doubt. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs. So remember that later in the season. Yeah, the, nothing goes forgotten, right? And no, nobody ever forgets really anything, <laughs> especially in this particular one. Like I, I've always been one to not say that this is like the biggest rivalry, no matter who they're talking about. But is it becoming at least in this age in this Mahomes era? Is this the biggest rivalry in the AFC West? I mean, could you say could you say it the the biggest rivalry? I, I well, I guess I could with an asterisk, which is that. For the most part, nobody in the NFL cares about rivalries anymore. I mean, yeah. it's it, free agency's killed it all. The money has killed it all. I mean, it's not like the old days when Marty Schottenheimer, if he could have, you know, choked a, a, a Raider with his bare hands, he would. Uh, it's just not, they don't get excited about it this, that much these days. And yeah, you know, these little slights and these little digs and everything like that, when you see a team twice a year, they're more likely to happen. But trust me, um, I know you don't, and no fan, you, you don't want to hear it. But fans care more about the rivalries than the players and the coaches. Yeah. I have a tendency to track when, when players within the West change, and I hope that that brings something. It disappoints me every time because it just doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. That's <laughs> Although Melvin Ingram was waiting for that question about the Chargers a couple of weeks ago when it was asked, you know, yeah, and if I'm he was sure. looking forward, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He right? was waiting for that one. They're nothing to me. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's going to get interesting there. Melvin seems like a throwback kind of guy in, in my mind for that kind of thing. So maybe we'll get something out of that. We'll let you guys know. But it takes it takes creating some fire, right? And if it's not a bus driver and if it's not a division rival, you got to find it somewhere to get motivated, right? And so at this point, the Pied Piper of the Kansas City Chiefs is third-string quarterback Shane Bouchelle, who just got elevated, brought back to the 53 for a decent reason, but it might have been what he did last week, right? <laughs> the the digging up seven-year-old viral video clips and, and showing them to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, sometimes that's all it takes. Um, showing a, a, a high school, what was it, De La Salle, high school football. 
and I got my swagger back. <laughs> right. Uh, that was the motto for the Chiefs this week. Um, cross the board. I mean, got our swagger back. I mean, to the point where even Andy Reid's asked if he got his swagger back on Monday. Um, and even he couldn't hit, you know, keep from smiling a little bit. Well, it certainly made its rounds. Travis did a pretty good impression of it, I think, uh, post-game on NBC as well. Uh, in all reality, though, uh, they they almost lost Michelle the other day, right? And they did bring him back. He is on the 53 now for a very specific reason. Yeah, there's been a, a couple of teams that have expressed some interest in, in Shane Bouchel during the season. Um, you know, earlier this year, Steelers, you know, kind of kicked the tires a little bit, which is why, you know, Bouchel started getting uh, yeah, placed on practice squad protections every week. But remember, teams can't, you know, protect a player on Tuesdays, and then those practice squad protections expire on Monday. So basically, there's a 24-hour period every week where if a team wants to sign a player away, they can and yeah, apparently the Arizona Cardinals came calling, looking to see if they could not sign sign, sign Shane Bouchelle to their active roster. And this is how, you know, th- these practice squad situations can work one of two ways. Either the team can just go ahead and, you know, the, uh, the player can just go ahead and accept the offer. Say, yeah, somebody's going to put me on the 53. I'm out of here. Um, they can also go to the team that they're with and say, hey, you know, this team's offering me a deal. You know, what do you want to do? And in this case, clearly. That's what happened. Uh, Chiefs wanted to make sure that they kept Shane Bouchelle, so they've signed him up and put him on the 53. They had the roster spot um, from Mike Rimmers going on injured reserve on uh, Saturday, so no other moves are necessary. Um, we'll see. I mean, you know, it hasn't been unheard of for the Chiefs to carry three quarterbacks in this age in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, did it a couple of years ago on the way to Super Bowl. Uh, Chad Henney was on the active roster near the end of the season when he came back, and uh, but Matt Moore was the backup uh, during the Super Bowl. So uh, not unheard of. But, uh, yeah, we will see. I think it's interesting. We'll, we'll see if it continues that way. You know, like you said, you can never have too much. There's no there's no reasonable expectation this means anything, though. Chad Henney's to the back of folks. This is just in order to maintain a, a sound room. And given what happened last week, you know, you want to keep you, your guys in there. And practice squad players are in the room. They're in their position meetings every day. It does go towards the chemistry of the team. I think that's important. That all feeds into how you perform or get into what stood out that maybe we haven't gotten to yet. And then how do we look forward for uh, the Cowboys, uh, the old Chiefs, as I like to refer to them. We'll do that coming up next. Hey, Chiefs fans, we're back with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. Our listeners are getting 25 cents back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the app. Get Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you get a bonus, $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's like $0.50 per gallon on your first tank. Download that app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Drivers are making a lot of money, as much as two or $300 in cash that goes right back onto their accounts, and you can use it in any way that you want, either your bank account, PayPal, whatever. Get that Get Upside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to start to get 50 cents per gallon on your first tank and 25 cents after that. That's touchdown on Get Upside. So at the end of the day, big win, kept the gas pedal down. This is what I this is what I want every week. I want Daryl to do with Daryl things, and I want Andy to score 40 points and not be concerned about letting off. Is this something that you think that they can repeat? Was this specific to the Raiders? I mean, there's reasons to be concerned that it's specific to the Raiders game because the Raiders played the Chiefs defensively a little bit different than teams have been. They mixed some things up. 
it wasn't just pure, you know, cover two shell and and keeping the Chiefs from trying trying to beat them deep. They did things a little bit differently, and to their credit, Chiefs had a, a game plan capitalized on doing that. I mean, I think that the the Chiefs this week and Andy Reid and his staff really were looking at, hey, how has you know how have the Raiders and Gus Bradley played Patrick Mahomes in the past, and they really put together a game plan based off of that rather than you know trying to come up with a game plan to counter what teams have been doing to the Chiefs lately. And the fact that the Raiders came out and did, you know, alter a little bit of the strategy that teams normally deploy against the Chiefs these days, I think played right into their hands. I mean, it was probably just a a, a perfect match in that regard, which is why, you know, the naysayers, and I'm probably one of them, I guess, is going to say, you know what, got to do it again this week. You got to back up that performance with the Cowboys to show you can do it. Because I think the concern is going to be that teams around the league are going to look at what the Raiders did on film and say, okay, not only are, are we going to continue to run these cover two shell looks at the Chiefs, that's all we're going to run. We're not right. going to try anything differently until the Chiefs beat it consistently. As soon as they had a window, they took advantage of it. That's what's being repeated around the league in every team meeting this week. I will tell you this, too. I think this shows the propensity and the confidence that this coaching staff has this, I think, is in the stark contrast. And I know everybody's sick of talking about it, and especially now that the Chiefs had a performance that, that was expected, right? But this goes back to the Super Bowl for me because this is the same decision that the staff made in that game, expecting Todd Bowles to do what he had done in previous matchups. And Todd Bowles is the one who changed and flipped the script and gave them those different looks, and that's what confounded them at the time. So this was still a gamble. It felt like a coin flip to be, and if Bradley had done what Bowles had done, I think this would have been a different outcome. They'd probably still win, but it wouldn't have been anything like what we saw, right? Yeah, I, I'm I am really curious to see what you know what the, the game would have looked like had the Raiders done that. But then again, I mean, to a degree, I mean, probably one of the reasons Gus Bradley did what he did is that he felt like those were the horses that he had to play, you know, that that maybe playing a little bit of you know this the the same defenses that coverages that the Chiefs were seeing with other teams. Maybe he's just not capable of. Maybe his team just can't do right now. So mm. I, I'm sure he had a pretty solid reason for playing the game the way that he did. Um, but you know, the Chiefs had a, had a great game plan. But I think there's other things. There's other subtle things in it too. I mean, clearly the first 15 script was designed in a, you know to trying to get Travis Kelsey going early. That's something that this team has had had some troubles doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, putting an emphasis on getting Kelsey going early, I think, was a big part of it. Um, there, you know, obviously the screen game was a big, but that those are a couple of things that, you know, especially early in games and in the first 15 and part of the script, we just haven't seen that much lately. And, and there were some other elements in this game plan of things that we just haven't seen as much. And so I think that going back to a little bit of the, you know, maybe classic chiefs, I mean, this looked more like, and because Andy Reid will tell you offenses evolve, teams evolve, they sure his his game plan has its core elements based on everything he's been doing in the league since 1999 but you know it changes every year i mean there's new things come in and old things go out so the chiefs offense that they've been running this year it's not the same as 2018 2019 but that game plan against the raiders looked really 2019 to me i mean it looked like some of the new things that they've been doing you know even i'd say the last 12 months kind of went out the window and they just went to kind of Chiefs classic. I mean, I, I look at the, the Rams game plan in 2018. That's pretty much what the Chiefs were playing against the Raiders on Sunday night. Right. 
And so does that classic version of the Mahomes Chiefs. And, and it's even, I think, I think we do have to classify it as that, as classic Mahomes, not classic Andy, because there's so much more history there. But is that something that we might see a reju- rejuvenation of it, or is it solely dependent on the defenses that they're seeing? Well, I, th- I think the two things I take away from this game plan and this su- the success the Chiefs had against the Raiders are two things. One is that you get Travis Kelsey involved, and you get the running backs involved, and that's going to make a lot of other things easier. And that's one thing. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes has never been the world's greatest checkdown guy. That's not what he does. So he's always been more likely to bypass a running back in favor of pushing the ball downfield. And he's still going to do that. But he has been looking for the running backs, you know, and getting to those progressions better than he has in a while. And Sunday, I thought particularly, you know, is that, you know, Andy Reid and, and the coaching staff put in a game plan that didn't give him the options. I mean, and some of those options, I mean, uh, Daryl Williams was the number one progression. I mean, that was designed to go his direction. Mm-hmm. So making the running back more of a priority, um, I think could be a success. And we will see how that changes. I, I, I would think that it shouldn't change when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes back. If anything, I think it should increase mm-hmm. because uh, that's a weapon that the Chiefs just haven't utilized. <laughs> And I, I think the the success of they I don't think is Raider specific. I think if they throw get the running backs involved, because those are all going to be quick throws past you know near the line of scrimmage, and that's something that the Chiefs have been doing more and more of to try and beat these coverages that they're seeing. But I think they're a lot more effective going to Daryl Williams and and Clyde Edwards-Helaire in some of these situations than trying to you know force the ball either deep to a receiver who's covered. Or even with some of their, you know, quick throws, a quick throw to Byron Pringle might not be as effective as one getting it to the running back at this point. I, I think that's key, and it looks like we're going to get Clyde uh, back for this next game, right? And so I, I agree with you. I think it should go up. Do you think that they emphasize it just as much this week with Clyde, knowing that he's coming off a, a stint on IR where he, he hasn't been as active, um, might be a little rusty, whatever, or do you think that the, the balance may be a bit of Daryl and Clyde here against the Cowboys? Yeah, we'll we'll see about about Clyde. Um, we'll probably have a better idea on Wednesday afternoon um, what Clyde's situation is going to be. I still think there's a pretty good chance we don't see him against the Cowboys and that the Chiefs just completely shut him down until after the bye week. Um, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's it's certainly a possibility that he plays this week. But when he does, whether it's this week or or after the bye, I, I think the Chiefs would be crazy not to try and get him more involved. Uh, especially with the success that you've seen with Daryl. I don't think that there's going to be any massive change as far as snaps go. I mean, I think you're going to see a similar working, which is that Clyde's going to be the first and second down guy. Williams and, and, and McKinnon, to a lesser extent, will be the third down guy. Gore will probably be the odd man out for a period of time. Um, but, you know, to to me, I mean... I think they've just got to keep this up as part of the game plan, whether it's just the screens, whether it's just getting the running backs out in the flat, whether it's design throws, whether it's getting Clyde downfield. I mean, he can do the same things that Daryl can do. I mean, that catch that Daryl had at the goal line, Clyde can do those kind of things too. Maybe not moss it quite as good as Daryl <laughs> did, uh, but he can do that kind of stuff. And I, I've just, it's been a surprise now for the last year and a half that the Chiefs haven't done a better job of taking advantage of that. Yeah, I think we're all surprised. I think we're all looking for that to happen. Let's hope that it does. I want to get into if there, what the surprises are and how we take that forward this week against the Cowboys. We'll do that on the backside of this, folks. You got to love the holidays, all the food, the treats, and plenty of them. But you might want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. 
It's a perfect time for a Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. They taste incredible. We've gone over them. We have all the, the new ones, blueberry muffin. You have the uh, chunk cookie dough. You got to love that, as well as my favorite, coconut. You got to love the coconut brownie chunk. It is the best one out there. And Feast or something delicious, and that's how you feel about these bars. You need to have one of those as well. Every single one is about 130 to 150 calories, uh, only 4 grams of sugar, and plenty of protein, upwards of 15 grams per bar. Versus a slice of pie that's over 300 calories. You got to get into this. And this is a just as good tasting and a better way to eat, especially around your holidays. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is the great option whenever you're hungry, whether it's Thanksgiving weekend or all the way through Christmas and even New Year's. You can share some at your family gatherings too. Maybe even get your aunt to try a built bar. You never know. There's always a few surprises, some limited edition flavors that are always coming out. And right now, the offer is over at Built.com. If you use the code LOCKED15, you're going to end up getting 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's all there. You can have it all. The Gridiron and all the teams are back on there, and you can get your money into the action by going to BetOnline.ag for all your pro and college action you're trying to get going. Whether it's the updated interface that you like, more odds, more props and contests, Everything's there at your number one source at betonline.ag. Head over to the website, use your mobile or anything else, and you get a 100% welcome bonus. You do need that code NFL100 for that. That's double your initial deposit. So you put that down, and they give you it right back on top. So football, basketball, all the other sports. Over there at the fastest, easiest way to get all your action on the line. See, I made it happen again. Betonline.ag. Use our promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. A lot went well against the Raiders. I think that's pretty clear to see anything stand out or any one player's performance stand out to you that maybe we haven't given the credit to, whether it's in the trenches somewhere or somebody who just did yeoman's work that we, we didn't see. You know, the, the, the name I've been hearing the most this week from everybody is Andrew Wiley for the, mm-hmm. for the job that he did at right tackle um, against Max Crosby. I think it was a big performance and, you know, obviously he played well. It was a, a Crosby's a guy that he knows extremely well. They go way back. So that probably played into it too. I think there's also something to be said about the fact that, you know, Wiley understands what kind of a pocket that, that Mahomes likes. And remember he's played more games with Patrick Mahomes than anybody else on that offensive line right now. So even though he's out of position at, a, a little bit at tackle, he still knows Mahomes better than the rest of these guys. So I think that's one there. Um, on the defensive side, gosh, it's hard to see the Chiefs winning this game without Rashad Fenton. And once again, I mean, this guy, we've talked about it before, Ryan. The Chiefs have spent three seasons trying to find anybody to play cornerback ahead of Rashad Fenton. And you saw it again this year. And look at when this team was struggling early in the season. You know, you had DeAndre Baker and Mike Hughes starting games and Rashad Fenton's on the bench. And now the Chiefs are winning football games, and who's out there making plays and causing turnovers? It's Rashad Fenton. Um, I mean, clearly, I think the Chiefs have established at this point their their cornerback rotation. It's Ward, Sneed, and Fenton are their top three guys, and they should be out there as much as possible. Yeah, I'm with you. Except you have to reverse that. Sneed is now number one. Well, yeah, I, let's, let's going going left or right. Oh, you're <laughs> okay. Gotcha. I, I like the way you do that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, assuming. All that is the same. There are some good players on the other side coming this week, and I think Rashad is, is certainly one that's going to have a challenge. Um, I want to start on that side of the ball. Keys for me is we have to see wherever they're deployed, 
I, I, I hold no breaths thinking that Nick Bolton's going to be the middle linebacker like he ought to be against these Cowboys. But he and Hitch, along with Willie Gay, they have to attack Zeke Elliott. I think that he's got to be a key for them. I think the Cowboys are going to want to use him exclusively early. If they can stymie that, I think that sets them up for this whole game. Is that the focus for you as well? Yeah, it is for me. I mean, because this is a game where I'm expecting to probably see the Chiefs in a lot more base 4-3 um, than you saw him against against the Raiders. I mean, I, I think you need Nick Bolton out there as much as possible because he is their best run defender at that level. Um, you know, I get, you know, Hitch is going to be the guy at the middle position for now. I mean, that's just when he's healthy, that's the guy that Steve Spagnuolo trusts out there to be the glue. Um, but yeah, Bolton's just, I think he needs to be out there on first and second downs for sure. Um, I think that base four, three is going to be their, 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 their bread and butter. Um, because I think that's where the challenge is. I mean, stopping the run is going to be, need to be the number one priority. I mean, the Cowboys can throw the football and they've got guys who can catch it. And CD lamb is a matchup nightmare, but if you don't stop Pollard and Elliott, I mean, that's, that's right. There's a problem. And and it's just to me, I mean, the recipe is simple. I mean, the schemes might be a little bit different, but they've got to do exactly what they've done the last couple of weeks, which is you stop the Cowboys on third down and you keep them out of the red zone. Because if you let the Cowboys in the red zone, they are going to score. I mean, that's just with that offense, you can't stop Elliot and, and, and lamb in the end zone. Good luck. Yeah. It, it's, it's impressive. And, Spags has talked about it. We've talked about it. Success on third down is key for this defense. And getting to be successful on third down is about stopping the run early. It, it, it's, it's funny how things come full circle, right? Because it was 22 years ago today that Gunther's telling us about how you got to stop the run first and take away their will to do that. Well, things change in the NFL. They also come all the way back around. So if they can accomplish that, I think that it sets them up. But on the other side, I expect them to have a lot more difficulty with attacking the Cowboys than we saw them having to do attack the Raiders. Like you said, two high shells. I expect that as well. I will not be surprised personally if they choose to take Diggs, who was an emerging talent, you know, led the league in interceptions early. He's still very high up there. I wouldn't be surprised because of his body type and because he's susceptible to long speed. You see them put him on Travis Kelsey and try to go back to roughing him up and playing two high safeties over the top. Is this the same thing where, the best game plan for the Chiefs on offense is to, again, try to emphasize Travis early, or do you wait to wear them down a little bit with the run game and the, the running back pass game and then try to exploit it? I mean, to me, you know, if I'm, if I'm putting there together that, that first 15 script with, with Reed and Biennemi, I'm saying we got to get the ball to Kelsey and the running backs in that first 15 as much as possible. I mean, you got to establish it quickly because I think that if you can establish the run and you can get Kelsey going over the middle, if you get three plays designed for him that hit in that first 15, then yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I think, just intuitive for that secondary to start peeking inside a little bit. And that's what you got to do. I mean, if you want to be able to push the football and you want to take some shots deep and you want to work the ball a little bit, that's what you got to do. I mean, that's how you're going to get teamed out of these coverages is by having success, you know, in the short part of the field uh, and making them play down downhill like that. Because I think you saw against the Raiders, you get that happening and then you get a little bit of the play action, which I thought Mahomes sold so much better on Sunday night and some of the fakes so much better than he had been of late. And some of it was that they gave him some good plays for that. Um, but you got to do that. I mean, and I, I, hey, can the Cowboys just be susceptible to some of the same things that the Chiefs have run as far as the pop passes and and some of the outside stuff with their speed guys? 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, if you can get McCole Hardman on the edge, he can do some things against this defense. I mean, th- this is a solid defense. You're going to have to be a little bit tricky against him mm-hmm. to have some success. But I'm with you. I mean, you know, I, I you got I think you got to get Kelsey going early. You got to get the run game going early and be effective. That's the only way I think that you can then be able to run the offense that you want to run later on in the game. I think I think so as well. And I, I have a certain thing. You had been putting on social media some of the the odds for uh, the offensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, those kind of things. Micah Parsons is right up on that list. Me personally, I think that with the absence of, of Randy Gregory, who they lost, he will not be pass rushing Patrick Mahomes, but they still have a formidable front. And I think Parsons is kind of the exclamation point on that. But I do feel he's a rookie. He's explosive. He's very, very much downhill. So the RPO game and the option game in particular that we've seen Patrick run in the past is something that I think they can use effectively against a rookie with not a lot of experience at this level and never having played Mahomes as well. They do have to do something to attack him as a player on that defense. Do you think that there's a better way to do it? No, I mean, that's exactly the way that I would do it. I mean, you know, you got to keep a, keep guys like that off speed. And and you're right. I mean, Chiefs are getting a little bit of a break in that, you know, without Gregory, Chief, the Cowboys pass rush is not what it, it could otherwise be. But at the same time, I mean, they got some speed up front. They can do some things. And yeah, you got to slow them down. So, I mean, that's to me, I mean, another reason why, I mean, you know, working some guys out of the backfield, making sure that these guys are having to watch these guys. I mean, we've seen it, especially with rookies in Kansas City. I mean, you can see it. I mean, that that can be a way to exploit them is, you know, make sure that they don't have to worry about the guy running past them um, that's going out. I mean, that's one of the best ways to slow down a rookie pass rusher to me is run a, put a running back right behind them so that, you know, he's like, wait a minute, is that guy going out for a pass and I, I'm responsible for him? Um, hey, do that. I mean, and so that's why to me, once again, I mean, I think that whoever is in the backfield, whether it is Clyde or Daryl, they got to be big in this game. I mean, I think they got to be critical elements. Um, Kelsey's got to be big. And, you know, we started to see it. I mean, you go back to last year in, in training camp. And the one thing that we all heard was watch out for Clyde Edwards Hilaire on the backfield. And then the Chiefs seemed to never throw the football to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. The thing this year in Chiefs training camp was watch Noah Gray. Chiefs are doing nothing but throwing the football to Noah Gray. And then they haven't thrown the football to Noah Gray at all this year. Well, they threw it to him for a touchdown against the Raiders. Is this Noah Gray's breakout game? I mean, that would be the kind of secret weapon. But that's the kind of weapon that the Chiefs need right now with the, with the looks that they're seeing. I agree. And when we looked at the snap counts with him out snapping Blake Bell and out snapping, yeah. I think, tied to Marcus Robinson, you know, in terms 